Hi, and welcome to this episode of Hustle and Pro. I'm Kelly Walker. So this is first episode of 2023, and we've got a little rewind, review, uh, reflect action going on today. You've got just me uh, here on a Saturday afternoon in my kitchen, and so I'm gonna talk about some things that have been going on in the news, what I'm up to, and uh, looking at some fun stuff we did in 2022 and looking forward to what we're gonna do this year. All right, I wanna talk about what I'm up to. So one thing is what I'm watching, and I just posted this on Instagram, but we finished uh, Facing Nolan the other night, and I loved it. I loved uh, that I got to see his wife, Ruth. I didn't know anything about her. Don't think I had ever seen her before. And she was darling and loved watching the backstory of their relationship. And I loved seeing Nolan's kids on there um, and hearing from them. And I knew they were involved. I knew the boys were involved in baseball, but I loved being able to like see them interviewed and his daughter. I loved seeing his grandkids like in their family dynamic. I thought that was really cool to see them at home and to hear from them and watch them fishing together and cracking jokes with, the, with each other. Um, love the personal side of that documentary. I also love seeing the old players uh, and the old uniforms. I like the old Astros and old Rangers, uh, which now I say throwbacks, but they were, they're the classic ones to me because that was like my like, you know, golden era of loving baseball and watching so much baseball on TV when I was growing up. And so I loved seeing those old unis. Loved seeing the old players, um, like who was catching for him and when they got to talk to Pudge and just seeing all the, the old names, Steve Bouchelle and Bobby Valentine was on there a lot. And so again, those are the names that like, that ring really true for me when I think of Texas Rangers baseball. And so learning more about the, the backstory of some of Nolan's like big milestone numbers and no hitters and all these things was really cool. Um, so if you haven't seen Facing Nolan, go find it. I don't know what platform it's on. My guess is Netflix, but I'm not sure. Um, probably can find it in a few different places. I tagged them on Instagram and I think they list all the different places that you can find that documentary. It's really good, go check it out. Okay, this next thing of what I'm up to is silly, but it's it's been like a weekend worth of fun and work. So for Christmas, I got my husband and son a puzzle. But the kicker is that they're not like jigsaw shaped puzzle pieces. This sounds crazy. We finished it after a few days of work and we puzzle saved the back. We stuck it together on the back. And so this is the finished thing. Can you even see? Okay, what is amazing about this puzzle is this is not a square puzzle. This isn't a circular puzzle. Like this is the edge. Even his little teeny tip of his finger. Like that's the edge of the puzzle. So like his hair, I mean, it's feet, look at his little cleats. It's all like the edges of the puzzle. I know this sounds crazy, but if you're not watching this episode, go pop on YouTube and just see. So like, I mean, look at all these little tattoo details. So I'm trying to see if the camera will pick up. Some of these puzzle pieces, a lot of these puzzle pieces are like players. They're like dudes kicking the soccer ball. Guys, um, referees, like there's a cleat right there. They're actual unique, shapes that magically fit together in a very unique and a very difficult way to do a puzzle. You can actually kind of see it better when I show you the back, like the uniqueness of some of these pieces. All right, I know, that's enough of that. 
y'all are like, what in the world? But it's been a fun family project and we finished it and we feel really proud of ourselves because it was hard. Um, iconic puzzles, if you guys want to go check them out. They're really good gift ideas. Okay, I want to shift gears and talk about kind of what's happening in the news right now. So the biggest sports story on my mind is I happened to be sitting on the couch. We were watching the Bills game when Damar Hamlin uh, went down and it kind of just stopped what we were doing. We had little kids over here and they were staring at the TV and gosh, ever since then, it's kind of just been like on my mind, uh, on a lot of people's minds. And so I read a New York Times article uh, by Jenny Verantes and I wanted to bring up some of the points because it was really thought like thought provoking for me and I would love any feedback I can get from my audience about what they think, what you guys think. So, um, I also saw some instant reactions from Facebook that night that were, you know, Facebook reactions are crazy, but how people were upset at the league and all these things before they even knew what was going to go on or happen. People were already going crazy and having a reaction, but everybody's reactions are different. And that's part of what I want to talk about. So, okay. In this New York times article, it was entitled violence in the NFL. Um, again, by Jenny Brentis. So it talked about how DeMar Hamlin, um, 24 year old safety for Buffalo, um, got hired on the routine tackle um, and went. He, he stood up and then went back down. And uh, we now know a lot more about the condition. But I, I don't really want to talk about the details of his health. Um, really, this article was about how the NFL um, has tried to make things safer and how it's sort of still growing and getting away with the very violent nature of the league and the, the product that it's putting out there. So things they've tried to make um, football safer with some tactics like, you know, we all know, like not leading with um, the head targeting and um, making those penalties and fouls. Um, their concussion protocol has definitely changed and they've been in, it's been enhanced and they <laughs> they watch it a lot more now and are more careful. It's not perfect yet, but uh, it's definitely there more than it was decades ago. Um, the amount of professionals they have on staff on site at these fields, in fact, I think they have about 30 medical professionals available when there's a game going on. And I think, I, I mean, it's clear that that's what saved um, DeMar Hamlin's life, that without some of those people around, I mean, they worked tirelessly and it took a team of people to save his life and get him back on track and get him the ambulance. So those are good things that the NFL has done. Um, but you can't help but notice how, increasingly violent uh, it seems that the game has become there was an interesting quote in there from ed um hockey Lee, retired ref um nfl ref he said that every game he had about a half dozen times when a, a play would happen and end and he would say how is that guy gonna get up he's got to be dead it struck me because i think that a lot when i'm watching nfl games um and sometimes college games but i mean these nfl guys hit so hard you know and so I, like maybe it's just the, the older mom in me, but I cringe more and more when I'm watching games. And I just feel that I notice that there's more, uh, you know, time stop it, uh, injury um, on field injuries that stop the game down, really slow the game down, which I think is horrible for the game. Um, and that it kind of brings the mood down. Like I hate when I'm watching the game and I have to sit there and worry about these guys and worry if they're going to get up, worry if they're even alive, worry if their head, their neck, their back, like all, all these things. Um, and so I thought that was a very interesting quote by that retired referee. 
Something else interesting in the article was just a coincidence that that same field has had these other injuries in recent time. Three years ago, uh, Ryan Shazier had a spinal cord injury on that field that stopped the game. They did resume the game. Um, if you rewind just three months ago, that was um, the second hit from this also current news article of Tua Tagaviola his head injury. So that was the second one. And then his third one again on Christmas, um, which brings up the point again about head injury and concussion protocol. And are they doing enough really what they could be doing? Um, do they sweep some things under the rug to just get the game moving and keep going and players they need and put them back out there before they should be out there. And those questions are kind of, they're always on my mind. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't think they're doing the right thing yet. Um, as much as they could or should be doing. Um, they're probably getting by with enough that they have to say they're doing. Um, and that kind of brings me to the next thing. So are they doing some of these things to just appease the public to, uh, you know, curb the decrease in fans? Um, there's been racial, racial discriminations issue with the NFL, workplace misconduct with the NFL. Um, in this article, they talk about the diagnosis of the after-death diagnosis of 300 former players with chronic, chronic uh, traumatic brain injuries. I mean, they have all these things, yet the popularity, the revenue still grows in the billions of dollars. The amount of money this business makes is still, it's not like in jeopardy. It's still very popular. And so that brings me to just sort of my question for you, like, why is that? Um, is it just a culture thing? Like, is it because that's what we all know? We're used to it. Like we grew up with it and that's just how we, we love football. And that's what we're supposed to say, especially us here in Texas. And, and we just desensitized to some of this. And so it's not a big deal to us because we're used to it. And we think that's the cultural norm. Um, sometimes I wonder if it's because it's like the, the machine mentality. Like, is the NFL just too big for anybody to do anything about? I mean, if, even if people like me care, what do we do? Is it, it's, it's like too big of a machine to stop. What, what's going to happen if people, some people drop off because of it? There's still so many, right? So it's like, why even bother speaking up or caring or whatever? It's, it's like a fly on an elephant. Too big of a thing to deal with. Um, and then the other thing, like, does it just not bother people? You know, obviously it bothers me. As I mentioned, it kind of hurts my heart to watch some of these games when there's ma major injuries because I just worry about them and their families and um, tugs at my heart as a mom. Um, but am I in the minority? Like, do most people think it's okay? Like, think it doesn't isn't even a bother to them? Like, do they just move on and don't blink. And I, I know there's a lot of people like that. So I'm curious, would love comments, feedback, and opinions on that point, just with overall um, talking about violence in the NFL. All right, to end this episode, I want to do a quick recap of some of my favorites from 2022 Hustle & Pro episodes. First of all, I had a lot of great people on last year. I mean, really quickly going to skim through most of these names. Olivia Nelson, Diver, high school. Max Hilty, trick shot guy. Del Harris, basketball legend. Uh, John Davidson, skateboarder. Um, Ryan Holloway, 
baseball, uh, player to player. We talked to Jennifer Wright, the founder, talked to Tony Ortiz about his current and past football career, the great Mark Falwell, um, and Brian Wysong, my buddy here in town, um, Connor McKenna, who swims for Wakeland. Uh, talked to the whole Rough Rider crew, including Jack Leiter. That was a highlight. Uh, Sean Bass of The Ticket. Jarrell Krillich, my friend, Ironman athlete. Carleek Jones of The Legends and that God Mavs call up last year. Um, Billy Clay with the police department. Brooke Leverett with FC Dallas Foundation. Blaine Krim with the Rough Riders did a separate interview with him, which I love. That was one of my favorites. Talked to Ethan Lawler, who was the Memorial High School quarterback and plays in college now. Um, we did an episode on some of the Frisco Parks coming up. Um, uh, Jack and I did a minor league baseball and review of Globe Life Field. Also uh, talked to Chris Buckambuso, the um, uh, PA announcer for Rough Riders at FC Dallas and many others. Talk to Tristan Mesa with the Legends, um, Dennis Genus, soccer um, coach, Grace McDowell, uh, athletic director at Frisco ISD. Loved meeting her. Talked to Colin Smith in the FC Dallas system. He was awesome. Uh, Army Bowl, the Texas Legends roster, Cedric Thornton just recently. And John Peterson, um, the episode we just did before this about the impossible row. So lots of really cool guests. And um, the most popular view by view were the episode about the Army Bowl, which the Army Bowl was fantastic, by the way. The U.S. Army Bowl that was in December at the Star, which is the high school All-Americans. We went, had an amazing experience, met so many wonderful players and fans and NFL um Hall of Fame, brass tacks. It was really cool. Great experience. Go next year if you see it on the calendar. Uh, the Chris Buckambuso episode was a popular one. The John Davidson skateboarding episode was popular. And also with Olivia Nelson's diving episode was popular. The John Davidson episode was super unique because we did that at the skate park. And kind of like, well, it wasn't kind of like. It was one long shot from start to finish. It was cool for me. It got me out of the studio. That was right when my studio trial basis was ending. And John was like, Hey, let's try something different. I was like, I don't think I can do it. And he talked me into it and we tried it. And I'm so glad I did because not only was it fun, it just showed me that like, I can do different things. I can leave the studio and go shoot kind of wherever I want and just go to people and see what's out there. And, uh, yeah, the quality is so not as good as sitting in a studio with like a team of people behind the camera, behind the wall, editing stuff for me, doing graphics, all that stuff. But, uh, that's okay. I was, I'm okay with sacrificing some of those things to just sort of be out in the field. Like I now just like throw my little podcast backpack on and go set up shop wherever my guests are. And I've had a blast doing it this year. So yeah, some of my, my favorite memories were of course, um, uh, Del Harris and Mark Followell, just cause I'm big fans of theirs. Um, really love talking to Dennis Janus, um, about him, uh, growing up in soccer and being a parent of a, a, a soccer legend also. And so I had a great, and Chris Buckambuso, that was fun. Also because I hear his voice all over Frisco sports. Like I will walk into a high school football game, a soccer game, wherever, 
I mean, he's all over the place and I hear his voice and it's just cool. I'm like, ah, that's my friend Chris. He sounds great. And um, it's really fun to text him and be like, I'm here. Um, and sometimes I go wave at him in the press box. So it was a very, very fun and um, productive 2022 for Hustle and Pro. Hope you listen to some of those episodes. If you didn't, you can always go back and find them on YouTube and rewatch them or whatever audio podcast platform you listen to. So as you guys know, you can find me on Instagram at hustle underscore and underscore pro. And you can also find me on YouTube. You're probably watching me there now if you're watching this. So uh, subscribe and stay tuned for more to see what we've got in store for 2023. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time.